it's time to go back to work. There's a lot to do. We have things to make, stuff to build, cargo to ship, customers to serve. So grab a five-hour energy and get ready. For 16 years, through good times and bad, five-hour energy has been there helping hard-working people get stuff done. It's time to go back to work. Let's roll up our sleeves and get going. For more information and to order online, visit 5hourenergy.com. The Home Depot's number one in outdoor power. But when it comes to cordless power, we also pack quite a punch. With the latest mowers, blowers, trimmers, and more. From exclusive brands like Ryobi, DeWalt, Ego, Milwaukee, and Makita. Unleashing the power of gas with all the convenience of cordless. The best names in cordless power. Order online for easy pickup or delivery. Only from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only. Once again, uh, this is Tony. I'm joined by Dave and Dave. Um, what can I say, boys? It's been a rough uh, four games since we talked last. Last time we were at uh, Beer Garden, Germania. And uh, it's been a rough, rough couple games. Before we start, though, we'll talk about what we're drinking today, which is going to be interesting because one of us is not drinking. Um, I am drinking the Saison Limon from Invictus Brewing up in Blaine, which I stopped by yesterday. Great little place. We'll probably try to do a podcast from there. Uh, Dave Stevens has the, what do you got, Dave? The Zest Craze from Surly, one of their small batches. How is it, Dave? It's good. It's good. Yeah, I just had my first sip, and yep. uh, I think I'm going to like it. Mm-hmm. And Dave Sterling is not drinking today. He is having a water because... So technically I'm drinking. Yeah, I mean, you are drinking water uh, because Dave was so distraught after the United game last night that he decided to go out to a bonfire with his neighbors and just drink. Right? I, I did drink quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have any water yesterday either. No, and I, that's my, that's really my main focus of the no beer today is yeah, the fact that hydrating. I went essentially a day without drinking more than eight ounces of water. Yeah, yeah that, you know, that, that happens. Yeah. You know, so for the first time in the history of this podcast, we have somebody not drinking on the show. That would be true. Yeah, because we, we've been drinking Which since the beginning of it. is kind of the point of, one of the points of the podcast. Well, two, I, I mean, well, sad, I mean, there's two out of three of us ain't bad, yeah. you know. Um, so, anywho... Let's break, let's break down the last four weeks. I'm going to go over them very quickly, and then we'll talk about a couple of the games here. Back on the 23rd, after we'd finished our podcast at Beer Garden, Germania, uh, Minnesota lost to Colorado 3-2. Then on the 29th, they lost to FC Dallas 1-0. Uh, Fourth of July, they had a great game, and we'll talk about that more. They beat uh, Toronto FC 4-3. And then, of course, last night, the downer of the week, losing the Houston Dynamo 3-0. So let's start on a good note. The game against Toronto FC, Darwin Quintero was like Superman, 
Batman, uh, everybody combined. I mean, he was he was the team in that game. Yeah. And uh, I have not never seen a game where a guy scored three goals on pretty much chip shots yeah. uh, over the goalie. And and I think that has a lot to do with Darwin's uh, the way he can he can kick the ball, the way he can control where the ball goes, and it has a lot to do with, of course, Toronto's goaltender, who Dave, you were saying earlier, has had some problems all year, playing off the line and allowing Darwin to chip shots over his head. Well, and it, literally the entire game, we were in the stands. We were discussing how he's he was off the line. I mean, it didn't yeah. matter when. You know, when the uh, possession was, where it was, he was consistently at least a few yards off his line. Mm-hmm. And if it if the ball was in <clears throat> if the ball was in uh, Minnesota's half, I mean, there were times that he was venturing probably thirty yards, forty yards. <laughs> and it's just like, I mean, what do you what do you anticipate is going to happen yeah. <clears throat> when your goalie? Is is probably on average, you know, five yards off his line. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's some people I noticed were saying, uh, you know, uh, Major League Soccer put out on Twitter specifically, I think on Facebook too. They showed, you know, the hat trick and they had mm-hmm. the highlights of every single goal. And a lot of people were saying, well, you know, the goalie's way off his line. The goalie's way off his line. Those are easy shots. Well, it's it's not really an easy shot. I mean, you still have to have a player who's who's aware, for one. I mean, he's charging down the, down the pitch. He's got to be aware that the goalie's where he is. Mm-hmm. Then he's still got to pinpoint a path, or I mean, pinpoint a shot. Yeah. And on top of that, you have to know the right weight, the right level of power. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> they're not they're not easy shots. Yes, Irwin certainly made it easier, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I think Darwin certainly showed his class. Well, we've seen that from Darwin all year. Not only on his shots that he takes, but also on his passes he makes. Yeah. I mean, he's, got a, he's had a lot of great passes to uh, guys in front of him that he drops them in, like, on a dime. I mean, yep. he, he's, he's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, I have never seen, like I said, I've never seen anybody chip it over the goalie like that, except for on FIFA when you're playing on, <laughs> you know, PlayStation. Of course, you try to chip it, but... Uh, you know, I, I've never seen anything like that. And, and that just proves how great of a player Darwin is. Yeah. So yeah. let's just assume that, you know, we can all agree the degree of difficulties on those, you know, lob chip shots was amazing. But let's say also that maybe he, the goalkeeper Irwin was off his line just a little mm-hmm. bit. And wh- why is that? Do you think it's because of a breakdown in the midfielder defense of, of, of Toronto? Or was it just because... That's where he decided to play because I know a couple of them he came kind of running through and took yeah. them from range. Well, it's but man, it's, as as a goaltender, maybe it's his style of play though. It might be. I don't. I mean, I know nothing about goaltending. I don't so either. or goalkeeping. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the psyche of <clears throat> of a goalie, and um, you know what's going through their heads when they decide to play certain ways. Um, you know, yeah, you know, I just think it's, in his case, it just seems like it's a mental lapse. Sure. Which you would think 
after the the first time, Eat. you might, might think back twice. A bit. Yeah. And then after the second time, if you're not correcting yourself, there's yeah. some issues, I think. Well, it's the, I mean, it's the same way in all sports. You think, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. No, fool me once, shame, shame on, on you. you, fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't understand why he was playing out the line. Maybe that's, like I said, maybe that's the way he plays. I don't know his style of right. goaltend, I, goalkeeping. I don't know what he does. Yeah, but, and I don't follow Toronto. No, and at all. So I'm not you sure. Know, and it's the same. Hockey's the same way. Certain goaltenders have certain ways they play, you know, in the crease, and you know, some of them play a little farther out, some of them play a little farther back. You know, it all depends on their style. And to your point, Dave, maybe, maybe his coach, the manager, said, "Hey, against United, we're going to play. You're going to play up a little bit because they like to do certain things, and and that's what we're going to play." You know, I, I don't know. I, yeah. It could be the case. Yeah, yeah I was just um, wondering if there was like a breakdown of their defense or midfield that allowed him to run through there and the goalie just wasn't anticipating a shot coming as quick as it did. Well, I don't, I think their, their defense all game, they just couldn't contain Quintero at all. Right. right. I mean, he was, he had, free, when he got the ball, I was, when I was watching, when he got the ball, he had 20 or 30 yards around him. He had oh, yeah. big space around him. And I don't know if that's because Toronto was playing a defense that, you know, wasn't good at counter, counterattacking United's uh, what they were doing or what. But yeah. he was always open. You know, and their defense is their their weak spot. Mm-hmm. You know, I pointed this out to somebody on uh, Friday, I think it was, that it's they're not having trouble uh, trouble scoring goals this year. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that. They're they're mid table basically. Well, they scored three against us. And, yeah, and it, um, <clears throat> and three, you know, mid table, three against a team like us, um, says that they're not they're not bottom of the table like they are. Yeah, yeah. It's so a lot of it is on that defense. Yeah, and it, I did notice, and maybe this plays into what Dave asked. Um, I did notice that they play a very high line. Okay. And maybe that, maybe that's an aspect pushing the keeper forward mm-hmm. is an aspect of how they do their high line. Sure. Um, again, I think that's a pretty risky thing to do. I mean, you got to be on your game to be able to pass that ball out. Yeah. If it's yeah. if it beats your line, you're screwed. You're done. Um, yeah. And you know, on that third goal of Quinteros. Um, he he had a situation where he he dispossessed Bradley and then the ball bounced over and I don't remember the defender it was the uh, it was the right back challenged him and he managed to squirt the ball past him yeah and it, it probably rolled 20 yards before is that outside or inside Oh, go ahead. Uh, it probably rolled 20 yards before Darwin actually finally got a piece of it and got his touch, got his full touch, yep. and started moving towards the goal. Sure. So <clears throat> that was a, definitely a product of a high line. 
Uh-huh. And so maybe that's what was going through the keeper's head. Um, I mean, I think that was the furthest off his line he was of the three goals, yeah. was that third one. And to be fair, he wasn't way off the line. I mean, Quintero no. really needed to, you know, put it in the right spot. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. Was, he was certainly... fingertips in most cases. Yeah, wasn't he was certainly there. prepared, which is another thing. He certainly looked prepared for the goals. Yeah. But he was just so far off his uh, line yeah. that, yeah. or uh, to that point where he couldn't do anything about it. And... Except for that second one where he got, yeah, finger- he got a fingertip on it. There's nobody else on our team who could do what Darwin did, though. Consistently. Yeah, because, I mean, it, uh, Ramirez had that yeah, really good goal yeah, where he did, uh, I can't think of it. It was a home game because mm-hmm. from our seats it was yeah. spectacular. Um, but, like, I'm, I'm yeah. saying is nobody has the foot control and right. the shot. I mean, nobody on our team has that right, except exactly. Darwin. You know. Yeah. Um, now I was thinking. I don't know if I'm right about this. Was the Toronto game? Did, did Calvo get the yellow card in that game where he was out in the last yes. night's game? Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Calvo comes back, right? And that was his first game back. Am I right, or is the second game back? First game back. And he gets the yellow. Yep. Which makes him miss last night's game. Right. When we could have used him last night. Yeah. So so help me understand that one. I I, I was thinking that. What is the yellow card accumulation that you need to hit over the course it's of a series five. of games? Five yellow cards over the course of any amount of games. Yep. And yep. then I heard that if you have um, what they call it, good behavior, maybe you go a game or two without. Yeah, they mentioned yeah. that last yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. actually get maybe you get one subtract. One subtract. Yep. Yeah, and I think that was uh, who they mention that about? Was that Schuler that they mentioned that? It about? was. Yeah, it was Schuler. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I guess I. I mean, I guess I was a little bit ignorant. I didn't realize it worked. Yeah, I had no idea about the good behavior thing. Yeah. It's uh, interesting. So, after the great game against Toronto on the 4th of July, you know, happy birthday America, uh, United show the Canadians that, you know, we're the best uh, country in the world. One last Um, thing, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. But one last thing, I know we've talked about it ad nauseum here, but, Mm -hmm. so Kendra, I think Kendra mentioned it was probably the best hat trick she's ever witnessed in person, which yeah. is saying something. So and yeah. I know we're just getting out of technically that week, but what are the odds of one of those goals being goals of the week for MLS? Uh, or have they announced that yet? I don't, because it was the fourth, today's the... Today's, yeah, nine. I don't, I, so they, they haven't announced that. Might not be, might not be tomorrow. I would say the chances of one of those goals being the goal of the week is probably pretty good. We haven't had that on I would yet. think the third goal will be yeah. in it. I mean... I mean, all three of them. All were three good. of them were fantastic. I, you could put, you could make it. MLS could say, "Hey, this week we don't have one goal a week. We have three goals a week, and it's Darwin. All three combined, right? That's the goal of the week, right yeah. there." Yeah, you know, and I think because of the midweek games, I think it's kind of screwed up this. Because I think the team of the week hasn't even been announced. Yeah, I suppose for it, last week. Yeah. So I'm thinking they must combine Wednesday and the weekend. This I'm weekend, guessing, so yeah. it'd be. Can, Including today, yesterday, yesterday's games and today's right. games, most likely. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I just wanted to, one more positive note. And, you know. Yeah. Positive. Before positive we move, statement. before we move on. So, well. Thanks. So after the positive note from Dave, let's go to the negative shit from last night. Um, a. Well, let's preface this by saying you know, we've said Calvo couldn't play last night. Right. Because of his accumulation of yellow cards, so we didn't have him in the back. Um, we were playing how many games? I, this is our this is our third game in like 
Eight days. Eight yeah. days. So third game in eight days. We're playing in Houston, where it's hot and humid. Outdoors, of course. Um, we go with the same exact lineup, minus Calvo, oh, yeah. that we've gone with for the last how many games? I mean, with maybe a change or two in there. Yeah, because the uh, two games ago we did we did a four four two, I think. Yeah. So yeah, we changed formation on yeah on Wednesday against Toronto. So yeah, the lineup was a little different. Yeah, we went with this uh, this yeah. against uh, Houston last night. We went with a, was it two five three? Um, so we yesterday last night looked gassed. I mean, we looked oh, yeah. like we had no energy whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Darwin, for as good as he is, he looked. He had a couple of mental mistakes. That's what I'm gonna, mm-hmm. gonna call him. I mean, usually when he gets the ball on his foot, he can control it. Last night there was a couple plays where he got the ball on his foot and he just it just kind of rolled yeah. off and he turned it over. Yep. And you don't see that from Darwin very often. And you could tell these guys were just like gassed even in the first half. I mean it was looked terrible. Um, so at halftime I was waiting for uh, Heath to kind of say, well let's let's bring in the reserves. Let's get some new fresh guys in here. Let's bring in Toy. Uh, let's bring in some of the other guys and see what we can do. Well, he waited until what? I think it was, it was after the 60th. Yeah, it was, it was close to the yeah. 70th minute until he brought in those guys. Yeah, and Dave, you, you called it well before the announcers even started talking about it. How you noticed Christian Ramirez was just lacking. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, were, you were asking for Toy, who they, like Tony, you just mentioned, they finally yeah. did. But it, yeah. yeah, I agree, it was late. It's yeah, I mean, it, Ramirez was basically standing. Yeah. It was. And it hit the same spot the mm-hmm. entire game. I mean, he certainly moved up on defense. Yeah. You know, but the idea if you're playing a zone, he's basically stood in that zone the entire game and showed very little interest in <clears throat> you know, in playing. And I think I think they are. They're all just completely gassed. They are. And it that's what surprised me about this game the most though, was the fact that Heath has to know these guys are, they're tired. Oh, okay. And not having Calvo, well, that's one guy down now, okay? Right. So you're playing the same guys. Calvo is probably a little more fresh than the other mm-hmm. guys because probably. he was in the World Cup and he, took, he had some time off and, you know, all that other stuff going on. So without Calvo, you'd think maybe we'd switch the lineup a little bit and say, well, we're going to move some guys around. We're going to put these guys in. Let's try it with the let's try it with our reserve guys for a half, and if we're close, we'll put in our regular guys and see if we can close it out. Right. Heath did the exact opposite. He went with everybody that he knew was you know all his regular guys, and they looked they looked like they had no energy in the first half. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, to your point uh, earlier, Tony, with regarding Quintero, how he didn't quite look like his normal mm-hmm. self, and. I mean, there was a, probably a couple reasons for that. Maybe maybe credit to Houston and how they defended and, and where they were positioned. They did, yeah. So I think that's one. But also, yeah, I think because of what you guys were just talking about, how mm-hmm. everybody looked gassed. You can't deny that if you watch the game. Mm-hmm. So there, he had no help. No. So I think part of that is frustration. He probably had to. He probably yep. felt like he had to do everything on his own. And mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do when there's three or four guys in front of you. You can't run through that all the time. Well, yeah. and I'm sure that Houston saw the tape from the Toronto game and said, well, we're not going to let 
Darwin have empty space anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to play. He's going to get matched up. We're going to have somebody on him at all times. And we're going to force him to make passes to other players, whether it be, you know, Ibsen or uh, Gomez or Barra or Ramirez, whoever it was. And even when Darwin was making those passes to those guys, those guys were so, like, out of it that they were just – they couldn't do anything with it, you right. know? Um, again, uh, Alexi Gomez, for Pete's sakes. The guy needs to – I know we, we're not talking about the two games previous to the Toronto game because those games sucked. But which game were we watching where they had how – many, how many set pieces did they have? And they couldn't score a flipping goal off a set piece. Which one was that? Was, was that, that Dallas? Yeah, I think, I think it was it a was Dallas, Dallas game. because because it was we one, lost one zero. One zero should have been like six to four. We had, I think, we had eleven <clears throat> set pieces. Yeah, thirteen. And, thirteen. Okay. And at least two of those set pieces, they did the whole like, we're gonna try to fake you out where we don't do the corner kick. We're gonna kick it to somebody and then try. Yeah. It's like, and Heath is on the sidelines, just like fuming at them. Yep. And I'm going, okay, so you didn't tell them to do this. They think they can do this? I mean, how does this work? Yeah, you know, there, there's certainly some disconnect somewhere in that, in that locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of a whole other can of worms. Yep. So back to, back to how they play. I, yeah, I don't get it. You know, Gomez... You know, he's he's an interesting player. He's out of control. Yeah. He's an out-of-control player. Whenever I see him get the ball, I'm waiting for him to turn it over or make a bad pass or take a bad shot. One yeah. of those three outcomes. Because he's out of control. You watch yeah. him, and he he gets so, like, excited to have the ball. It's like a puppy with the chasing after a tennis ball. It's like, oh, I got I, oh, oh. Now what do I do with it? You know what, what, what do I do? You know, yeah. and he gets so. And I, I watched it. I'm like, dude, just. And he's what, 22 years old? Yeah, something like he's that. He's young. Yeah. And I understand that he's a young guy and he's he's learning. But at what point does Heath go? Okay, dude, let's let's back it off. Let's here's what you're whenever you get the ball. Here's what you're gonna do. You're not gonna dribble it. You're just gonna make a short pass over here, and then you're gonna get over. It. Do something with the guy. Yeah, just to back up your uh, point earlier, Tony, the it was you know the Dallas game on the on the 29th, I believe. Mm-hmm. They the United had 13 corners compared 13, to three yeah. from yeah. from from Dallas, and and, and we you know they score. they actually had the possession they had the possession 53 to 47. They had 15 shots to eight shots. Yeah, you look at the stats, the numbers, and, and you wonder how that game was 1-0 to zero to Alex. Yeah, exactly. And it, another thing that gets me on the corner kicks for for the United is, I get it, you want to switch things up a little bit. But the way they're playing, why isn't Darwin taking every freaking corner kick? Because he's the one guy who can make a good pass into the box and hit right. somebody. You know... It's a good question. I think, you know, being a winger, I think that's why Gomez is the pick because he's supposed to be good at crosses. He's not. But we know he's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, I I actually am a bigger fan of the the short corners. 
um, than I am the regular corners. Because I had read somewhere once, uh, yeah. that, don't quote me on this, I'm guessing now. It was a couple years ago where something like 18% of corners are successful. Yeah. And I don't even think success was measured as a goal. As a goal. I think it was, it was a shot on goal. Yeah, I think it was yeah. a shot on goal. I, and so it's like, well, if they're so unsuccessful, then I get why people or why teams do the short corner because yeah. it, it can change things up a bit, get sure. you into more natural crossing position. Sure. And, and does it bring, so just one, because I remember not long ago thinking, why, why would you do a short corner? Why would yeah. you do a short corner? You're taking off a great chance to cross the ball in and get a header for a goal. But now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's one reason, let's say, they would do a short corner is because you have another player, offensive player, closer to the ball in the corner. That yeah. forces another defender up. Right. Sure, sure. Yeah. So then if you can get a short corner and almost get a chance to do a secondary cross. Yeah, yeah and that's what they're trying to do. But the thing is, the one or two times United did it in that Dallas game, they didn't really have a plan. It was well, just, right. just, it just kick it to this guy, and then he'll try to do something. If you're going to do a short corner, have a flipping play. Right. Have a guy, have two guys, have one guy come over here, one guy. Do something exactly. to get guys off, off the line and then try to make a shot. Don't just kick it to a guy and be like, well, here, here, oh, oh, here we go, you know? Yep. And, it, you know, a good example since we've, you know, we've got the World Cup going on. Mm-hmm. If you want to see really well-executed short corners, Spain's fantastic to watch. Sure. Because you can tell they have, they've practiced these. They have a plan. And they have a plan like yeah. that. Um, you know, in Right. What you were saying about when we did it, it kind of looked like everybody was ready for a regular, a standard corner. Yeah. And then two guys were just like, oh, you know, let's do this. And so it was a split second decision mm-hmm. and it just didn't seem right. And yeah, it was a mess. It was, like it was hot, messy. It was like hot potato. Like, yeah. Oh, here, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, watching that <clears throat> game with all the set pieces, it, I was disappointing. Um, but. Let's just get back to the, the the main issue with United here, guys. It's consistency. We are not a consistent team whatsoever. We have a great game, and then we have two stinkers. And then we have another good game, and we have another stinker. You know, there's no cons- – and they are – I'm telling you, in the Western Conference, the Western Division, they are right there. I mean, yeah. two wins in a row – and they are in the top six. I mean, they are there. Yeah, well, that's, last night was a tough one because, you know, they went, you, they kept going, they kept showing you the standings. And yeah. yes, this yeah. game is so important for yeah. Houston and mm-hmm. us in, in quite mm-hmm. ways because as bad as the United have been, you know, a win last night would have brought them within a point or two of, yeah. of that line. And it, it was just really disappointing. And yeah, like you said, inconsistent. There's it's, no other way. And I feel like they keep they're, they keep chasing their tail faster and faster. Yes. With You know, there was some optimism regarding the you know the three five two lineup, mm-hmm. um, but that didn't look to be effective. In fact, didn't they switch that up in the second half when they brought on their subs? Well, but I think in this game last night that lineup wasn't effective because everybody was dead. Yeah, I, mean, everybody I think was. I think you're right. I think the, I think playing that you know the three five two actually works. Better for them in the long run than playing. What were they playing before? Was it playing a four, four, three, four, two, four, three, four, three, one, three, four, four, three, three, one? one. Yeah. yeah, I think it looks better uh, than than the other 
they played, but last night was an abomination. I mean, they, yeah. it just they looked, they all looked like they they wanted to go take a nap. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, and something to your point about Gomez and the formation, the the three five two actually lends itself to taming players like Gomez. Yeah, because it forces. Gomez and Ibarra to be defensive, so they have to kind of play back. They have to they have to be more patient with yep. how they move up, because mm-hmm. if you obviously if you move up, you, yeah, know, you got three guys left, yep. and that's it. Exactly. So um, <clears throat> I thought against Toronto, you could see that with Gomez, mm-hmm. like he he seemed a bit more out. Seemed a bit more uh, conscious of what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. But then again, last night he didn't, <laughs> which well, goes to the consistency. No. And yeah. is that because of you know with Kyoto and Ellis, you know, on Houston, they're very talented. You know, I think foreign players. Uh, they're he, very talented, yeah. but was it you yeah. know they had a lot more work to do, like you said, on the defensive side mm-hmm. with this mm-hmm. lineup. So right. that created yeah. just more, they they couldn't get forward as much. And it, you know, and that that's probably a good a good assessment. Yeah, it had probably had a lot to do with. I mean, Kyoto was all over the field. Yeah, he was. Um, Ellis was, he was kind of quiet, but he was still he was still there. Like his presence mm-hmm. alone is. Mm-hmm. Pretty, yeah, and they, they mentioned it last night, and you they you know they don't need to mention it if you're watching it. You can see it. You know, Abara just wasn't involved. No, he yeah. wasn't there, no, and so wasn't. that because Kyoto is so dominant on the outside, and it, and that goes to the fact that we don't have the right midfield pieces playing no. defense. Yeah. I mean, if you have a number six, that's actually a number six and not a box-to-box midfielder mm-hmm. like we've been doing all season. <clears throat> um, Gosh. <clears throat> um, you, can, you can free up your wing backs yeah. because you have that four-man line, essentially, yeah. Yeah. because your number six is right in front of them. Yep. And and he he can absorb a lot of that pressure. On top of that, generally, you have this this pivot guy. Um, you know, this formation is my favorite. Uh, Chelsea plays this formation, and it, you'd have Conte mm-hmm. in in at the six, who obviously is like probably the best number six in the world. Yeah. Um, and then it, you'd have the pivot guy, which, uh, for instance, last season or two seasons ago, I guess now, um, was says Fabregas. Mm-hmm. And it, having that pivot guy, he's he's okay at defense. He's not mm-hmm. spectacular. But the guy that can just pick a pass, I mean, he basically looks up and 30 yards down, he's got five guys, and he can just put it right on the feet. Mm-hmm. If you have that guy that the whole attack pivots around him, yep. he doesn't have to move forward as much, so he can actually kind of hang back and help out with the number six. So all of a sudden, your three-man line is practically a five-man five line. Five-man line, yep. And it, again, we don't have the pieces. We don't and have, it, we have nobody like that, though. Yeah. We can't. And, it, you know, it's not like they're not available. Um, I think, for me, I would love to see us stay with this 3-5-2. Yeah. I hope, I really hope that Heath doesn't look at the Houston game yes. and be like, my God, this formation isn't going to work. Well, and he realizes that it's it's the 
it's the gas players that yeah, did it. It was circumstances beyond his control. Yeah. And it, you know, and the and the big thing is three five two, Calvo gets put into his natural role. Yep. He's still a center back. Yep. But now he's pushed out to pushed the left. Out. Yep. Yep. And it, he's got that help mm-hmm. and it minimizes his mental lapses. But in previous podcasts, um, we've talked about, you know, is it his fault we're not doing well? Is it the front office's fault we're not doing well? Last night, I'm going to put the blame completely on Heath because, like I said, he had to know those guys were gassed. So yeah. make some lineup changes to get some fresh legs in there. But if, if you don't do that and you start seeing those guys out there not competing, make changes. Right. He was just stubborn last night. You know, yeah. he was just like, well, I'm just going to keep those guys out there because they're the best guys, and I don't give a shit if they are gas. I don't give a shit if they're not playing well. Ramirez, prime example, Ramirez, I don't care if he's flat-footed and he's not doing anything. I'm going to keep him out there. Right. And he shouldn't have. After the first goal, he should have said, whoa, hold on. I got guys who out here who aren't playing to their to 100% here. Not right. even to 75%. I need to switch some things up around here to get some energy out here. Yeah. And he waited till the 70th minute to do it. And then by that time it was too late. Yeah. Right. I completely agree because you know, I you know, let's let's not, you know, I don't want to cuz we keep banging on it how yeah, mm-hmm. that our players were gassed, but let, you know, mm-hmm. to put things in perspective, Houston was in the same boat. You know, well, I think they played on Tuesday, but mm-hmm. they still had the same three games in eight days right. stretch. Yeah. So yeah. they were in the same boat that the United were. Yep. So yeah, I no, that's totally a good point. agree with you, Tony. Like something should have been well, changed he, earlier. He should have made a change. And it it it's all it's on that last night's game is not only it's it's on him, it's on the players, it's on both of them. You yeah. know, we can't blame anybody else for what happened last night. So let's let's get away from the United for a while. Let's just let's just let's just put it in the in the in the circular file, dump it in there. Let's talk about Let's take a little break first, and then come back. We'll talk about the World Cup, what we've seen, um, who's left, uh, who's not, and uh, who we think is going to become champions. And we'll uh, come back in a minute. All right. Good. break. Sterling got some more water because he's very dehydrated. Um, really dehydrated. Yeah, he's very dehydrated. <laughs> he's skin and bones right now. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I got another beer. Steven's got another beer. Steven's drinking the Cynic Pale Ale from Surly. My go-to beer at Surly. I drink it all the time. Yeah, I don't have it often, but so, yeah, you know, I like good it. stuff. Belgian style. I am drinking right now a Keep the North Cold from Fair State Brewing. It's a it's just a regular uh, Minnesota Gold Nail. It's it's a nice sipper, man. It's uh, not, I wouldn't say a sipper. It's actually kind of a chugger. Uh, it, it'd be a, it'd be a pounder on a hot day like like today, um, if it wasn't Sunday and I have to go back to work tomorrow, which all of us do, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's back to work. Mm. So let's talk about. World Cup, because the United talk got me a little depressed. Um, so we've got four teams left in the World Cup. 
we've got on one side we've got what Croatia and England, and of course England is my team this year because I put money on them, yep. so I need them to win. And the other side we have France and Belgium. That's right. Uh, out of those four teams, guys, I'll go around the table. Who do you guys think is gonna win this one? Sterling, start with you. Um. Who do I want to win, or who do I think will win? Well, who do you want to win? Who do you think? I mean, you can take because I put money on Belgium because I yeah. think they'll win. Yeah, um, but who do you want to win? But I, I want England to win. Mm. I, I completely shocked that they've gotten to the semifinals, so I want them. Okay. All right. Uh, Dave Stevens. Yeah, I mean that's hard to. I also have money on Belgium. They were my kind of pick to win, mm. and um, but that being said, I think it would be as much time as I spent in England and traveling and working over there, I, I think it would just be great to see England win. So yeah, I agree agree with Sterling on that one. However, you know, the bookies wouldn't, wouldn't have you believe that. Most of them believe that there will not be a new World Cup winner. It's going to be the, the one of the eight existing winners, either England or France. Those are the yeah, favorites. Yeah. I, which kind of surprised me. So it's, Croatia's never won a World Cup? Never. No, never. Neither has Belgium. Neither has Belgium. Okay. Uh, my, me personally, I I like I like England. I like Harry Kane. Um, I think if they win the World Cup, this will be the new another golden era for English soccer. I think the young guys coming up. I think they've actually played well together, which surprised me. Which is why I put money on them in the beginning because I thought, well, young guys, you know, maybe they can. Do some things, and uh, if they win, I, I win some money. If Belgium wins, you guys win yeah. some money. And so, I, and I guess yeah, I guess just to, I mean I think I think Belgium will win. I really do. I, mm-hmm. I, even though you know the odds makers don't necessarily agree. And as much as I'd like to see England win, I I think Belgium will win. There's such a I think Belgium and France are the two dangerous teams. They're, yeah. They've got star. I mean England, they've got like you said, golden era. They've got mm-hmm. some great players, but I think Belgium and France are in a league of their own. In well, my opinion, it's well, probably only my opinion, apparently, but... Belgium's also going through a kind of... If they were to get into the final, they're going through a golden area, too. I mean, era, too. I mean, they have some great young players oh, coming yeah. up. I mean, they're all going to be in at least one more. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And that Japan-Belgium wow, game, the Japan-Belgium game was a bit of a scare, but, you know, they knocked off the favorites, Brazil, yeah. you know, and they <laughs> look good doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. so let's rewind it a bit, guys. We were at Beer Garden Germania two weeks ago. We watched Germany beat Sweden, right? right. Yes. Yeah. On an extra time. I, was, I think it was extra time, wasn't it? Added time. Added time, yeah. yeah. Two to one on a great goal. Um, the Germans are very happy at that point. Unfortunately, the Germans couldn't beat uh, South Korea and lost them 2-0, I, which... Shocks the hell out of me because how do you lose to South Korea? Yeah. Um, and on a side note, uh, we found out yesterday that Beer Garden Germania is now closed. We don't know the the, the what's going on there. Uh, we heard there's an equip there was an equipment problem that they couldn't pay for. Uh, I guess all this here and uh, our friend Johnny. Uh, hope that they can figure things out and they can reopen. Yeah. Because uh, they were very gracious hosts for our podcast. Um, Carrie was fantastic. Gave us a huge three three liter boot of beer and a pretzel. Uh, we did our podcast out on the uh, 
on their little patio there. Of course, you guys probably last podcast heard the jazz music in the background. Um, we had some good uh, conversation. Uh, we had some great beers, and hopefully they can get back. But um, what's crazy about this World Cup is that was for Germany. That was a high point, and I thought for sure when they won that game, they would go on, right, and just kick some butt. You know, I would just. I mean, they would just go on. Yeah, totally, I thought there was totally agree with you. And then they lost to South Korea, and I said, well, this World Cup is is not going how everybody planned it. I mean, who Brazil lost to... Uh, Belgium. Belgium, yeah. right? And Brazil was another team. I was like, Germany and Brazil, those two teams were the two, the two big yeah. guns, and both those teams are now gone. Yeah, you know, you're, you're without Neymar, you're without mm-hmm. Messi, mm-hmm. you're without... The entire German squad. You're, you know, you're. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's so weird. It's a weird. So, so what you're saying is now that without Neymar, without Messi, without um, Ronaldo, the World Cup's basically unwatchable. Yeah, no, Ronaldo. I, there we go. You know, like, and, there's yeah. another name on yeah. my. Dave, the funny, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm being. But the funny thing, the funny thing is, there's a lot of people out there who would think that without stars, yeah, in the next not as two games, it's not as important. Yeah. You do have, I mean, I look at England, I look at, I look at Kane, and I say, okay, this is a rising star in, this, in, in oh. international soccer. Um, and I look at it and I say, well, I'd love to see a guy like well, Neymar. I don't like Neymar. And that's because of his theatrics. Yeah. Neymar would be great to be in the Final Four. Uh, Messi would be great to be in the Final Four. Ronaldo would be great to be in the Final Four. They add an, another level to the Final Four. Yeah. But when you have four teams like this, who you know don't have the star power, I think it makes it better. Yeah, I, I agree. And they don't. What they don't have is the super star power. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. have star power. Those mm-hmm. all four of the teams remaining are right. loaded mm-hmm. with top mm-hmm. European players. All four of them. There's no doubt about it. I mean, mm-hmm. especially like, Belgium and France. Yeah, De Bruyne yeah. and Lukaku. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those, mm-hmm. those get and I could go on and on and I mean even Croatia has two or three top European players, you know. Um, I, yeah, go on and but on. This so is, it's they there's it's there's star power, but there's not superstar power. And it, I think it's more maybe maybe you guys would agree or not. Um, it's more their their star star power is domestic. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And it, they don't have this, this is, international aura around them. And this is good for FIFA, I think, because you get four teams who have some star power domestically on a global stage. Right. So these guys get to come out now. These guys get to show the world what they can do. Whereas the Neymars and the Messi's and the Ron- everybody knows what they can do. Right. So when you're watching those games, you might see a guy who you haven't seen before make a great play, and you say, oh, this guy is something special. You know, it, it could be a big boom for FIFA yeah. at this point. Um, the other big thing is, too, is Brazil will not be going for their fifth star, uh, which was... Uh, six star. Six star, sorry. Yeah. Which was uh, a good thing for our friend Johnny. Who, First mention of the podcast, by the way. That, yeah, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny has a message. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, fifty minutes in. Fifty wow, minutes in. A, yeah, I think that and might be a record. There's a yeah. reason why I didn't mention Johnny is because Germany is out. I know he's upset about that. I've seen the texts. Uh, 
he was very excited after the the German win at Beer Garden. He was very uh, he was uh, very uh, how would I put it? Uh, Excited, happy, excited, that happy. Might not be doing it enough justice. Well, he had a little help because he had some German beers, uh, but he had his his flag and his hat. Um, he was very excited after that game, and I was excited for him because I, I watching that game was it was an incredible experience watching with all those German fans. Um, it, it it was, and the finish on that the, and the, the finish, late, yeah. The late yeah. added time yeah. goal was just yeah. so yeah. thrilling, and that's what's made this world. One of the reasons it's made this World Cup so good. It just seems like there's been so many late goals, added time goals. Yes, yes. You know? Well, and it isn't isn't the own goal the current Golden Boot leader? Technically, I mean, obviously, yes. it's not going to win the yeah. Golden Boot, yeah, but yeah. it's yeah. There, yeah. there are more. No. Own goals. There are more of those. Yeah, yeah. This World Cup has set a record for the most own yeah. goals. Yeah. Right? Which some of those, I mean, you know, looking at them like you call it an own goal, but you know, yeah. if you kick a nice cross in from the corner or something on a set piece and it glances off a guy's elbow and goes into the goal. And yeah. That was it called happens. an own goal, but yeah. But no, well, you're right. Um, it set a record. I, yeah, there is one. I can't think of which game that was now. It was, it was the last round. Where, yeah, it was like a cross that came in and it deflected off the guy's mm -hmm. leg. Could have been Russia-Spain. That yeah, might have been. Where, yeah, where, it was the... Where Russia had an own goal against Spain. I remember I that one. So. Thinking, when I saw it in real time, I just thought that Spain had a nice goal. Yeah. And, you know, upon replay, you don't... Yeah, it actually last touched a Russian player and it was an own goal. But if you look at the play, I mean, let's give some credit to Spain on that one. Yeah, it yeah. A hell of a I corner would. kick. And the and this the player was in the right position. It just happened. I it just dinged off him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But back to Germany and the reason and the reason why I don't bring up Johnny, I didn't bring up Johnny in this podcast is that was a huge high for Johnny, and then the South Korea loss was a huge downer for him. It's kind of like going from you know winning the championship in high school football to getting kicked in the nuts by a nerd. <laughs> I mean, I mean seriously, that's what it is. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, that uh, it hurts, man. And and <laughs> I'm that, that, that's that's good. Uh, but again, uh, he was happy that Brazil didn't get their their next star. I was happy because, of course, I'm Italian, so I didn't want them to get their next star. Um, I was and, happy because Neymar's not in it. And Neymar's not I mean, in it. I'm not a yeah. huge Neymar fan, but I'm not going to be one that roots against the best team. I'm not going to root against. Uh, I, I, I just won't do that. So, I mean, what I want to see is the best matchup possible. Oh, I'm yeah. not saying that, I, that I'm that i happy Brazil is out. I still think, I, I mean, I was rooting for Belgium. I wanted to see Belgium, but not, I didn't, I wasn't rooting for Brazil to lose. I can't watch, I can't. I was rooting for Belgium to win. There's a difference. Watching there. Brazil play and watching, especially Neymar with the theatrics, and he toned them down mm -hmm. the last game. Yeah. Right. Well, I, yeah, that being said, so I've got to bring this up, and I'm going to let you continue on your point. Yeah. And uh, this is not an original thought, but, I mean, I think Neymar did his team a huge injustice throughout this tournament, throughout mm -hmm. his career, mm -hmm. by he is well known for taking those mm -hmm. dives. And there was legitimately a couple times during that, you know, Brazil-Belgian game where mm -hmm. I honestly thought, as a neutral Spectator, mm -hmm. I thought, wow, that's a penalty. Yeah. There might have been two occurrences, at least one where I thought, yep, that's a penalty by the book. 
that is a penalty, but they didn't get it. And you know what? I mean, it's the whole thing. I mean, we all know the story, the boy who cried wolf, right, right guys? I mean, it's, Neymar is the boy who cried wolf. He can roll on the ground for, you know, five minutes, and the guys are going to call a penalty because they're like, well, you, you got a little stepped on there. I mean, who gives a shit, you know? The one, what gets me is the one, were they playing Belgium, where the guy came over to pick the ball up, he might have stepped on his ankle oh, a little Mexico. bit. Or Mexico. I'm yeah. sorry, Mexico. Yep. He might have stepped on his ankle a little bit. He might not have. But Neymar acted like the dude had shanked him in the prison yard. <laughs> right. And he was like rolling around. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, he could have won a, an Oscar for best performance in a drama. And I'm going, dude, do you have to act this way? Right. I mean, what? I'm going to go quick. I'm going to go quickly back to United right now, okay? Because... You have Neymar on one end, and you have Darwin on the other end. Darwin gets fouled a lot. He does. But guess what? He stays on his feet. He does. And sometimes I'm like, Darwin, why don't you just go down and act? Because they would give it to you. Right. But he doesn't. He plays up. He's like, I want to keep playing. I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm not going to be an actor. So he is the exact opposite of Neymar. Right. To a fault. To a fault. I can watch Darwin because I love him play. I can't watch Neymar because I, I, I cannot accept yeah. all the fouls that happen to him and he acts like a little, like a little bitch. I'm well, sorry. And I think what's worse with Neymar, and a lot of people will disagree with me on this, but I don't think Neymar is nearly as good as some people make him out to be. He's, he's good. I mean, obviously, I think he's, he's, I think he's top. I think he's top 10. Yeah. But, okay. you know, put him next to Messi or no. Ronaldo is, no, absolutely not. Well, and I, here we've got Ronaldo going to Juventus. And I don't, what was yeah. it, 100 and, 150? Yeah, maybe 150. Yeah. Oh, and I'm it, embarrassed it, to say I did not know that, really. That yeah, happened. he's going to yeah. Juventus, yeah. And, it, and here Neymar goes to PSG for, God knows, what was it, 300 million or whatever? Yeah. And exactly. it's just like. Well, you know, I, I I just don't think that he's he's in that top five. List but he's for sure. he's younger, isn't he? Neymar's younger. Yeah, he's only yeah, twenty two, twenty three. So I mean, that's the reason why he's going for that much well, money. And Ronaldo's what thirty one. Ronaldo's older. He's in his thirties. Gosh, he? I don't even know. I think he's oh, he's in his he's in his thirties. Yeah. yeah. Neymar has demonstrated in this World Cup. He has the ball skills of those guys. He I does. Really believe it. I just he probably doesn't have maybe the finishing skills that he. I mean, he has a beautiful shot, but I don't think it's on the same level. But he definitely has the ball skills and the maneuverability and the way he can just slice he can. through a defense. But if he you know, worked at the same time, Ibsen has ball skills. It's, <laughs> it's a Brazilian thing. Yeah, but well, I just don't. I'd say if Neymar worked a little more on his game and a little less on his uh, acting ability, I think he'd be a great player. Yeah. I'm telling you, if Neymar didn't do all the acting he does right now, okay, I think more people would like the guy. Yeah. I think more people would be like, oh, Neymar's a great player. Messi and Ronaldo don't do what all Neymar does. All the time. They, there are some instances where they do. M- Messi, not so much. Ronaldo. There some instances, but but he 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 picks his he picks his spots. Yes. Okay. Neymar does not pick his spots. Right. Any opportunity he has to roll on the ground and act like he got shanked, he'll do it. Right. Okay. And that's one of the in, 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 in the United States. That is one of the biggest drawbacks of soccer in the United States. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's people 
as guys doing that shit. And what's worse is, so this World Cup, even though the U.S. isn't in it, I think this World Cup has been, it's been well marketed in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's been well represented in the U.S. Oh, yes. I mean, yep. ESPN isn't carrying it, and their mm-hmm. their uh, follow following mm-hmm. coverage of it has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it, you know, I think there have been some moments with Fox that I haven't liked, but overall, it's been very, very good. It's a lot. It's it's a lot of in-your-face stuff. This World Cup. Yeah. And to have that. Well, I mean, he, exactly. I mean. Neymar rolling around that one, I can't remember what game it was. He he rolled for like ten yards. Yep. And it, that's been turned into a mem over and over, and it's it, and it, it's everywhere. <laughs> and that's the power of social media, though. Yeah. It's like instead of having the, one of the great goals in the World Cup yeah. turn into a nice little clip and everybody showing it, we have turned Neymar flopping on the ground like a like a like a crappie into a, and that's what everybody thinks of soccer. Yeah. And you listen. It's funny. I listen to. I listen to a lot of uh, local uh, Minnesota sports uh, talk. Uh, Fifteen hundred and, and K fan, right? And whenever they talk about soccer, one of the guys always brings up the fact. There's two things they bring up. One is the flopping yep. of, of players, which I agree with. There's there's some teams who do a lot of flopping, yep. and it's terrible. And two is the uh, added time thing. It's just it's it's a it, there's right. a lot of guys and I, and I get it and I get it and they don't understand how they don't understand the history of soccer and how it's worked, but a lot of guys are like well I want to know if it's five minutes and it's five minutes and let's just cut it off, and my my argument to that is well if you have somebody coming down the field with and the five minute mark hits, you just want to shut it. so you got Darwin making a breakaway. And all of a sudden, he's about to hit a goal in the five minutes, and they go, "Oh, sorry, you don't have time. It's done." No, you want to see if he can make it, and then you you call the then you call well, the whistle. You know, and the the big thing is, I was I was telling my my neighbor at the game, uh, the Toronto game is, you know, say it's five minutes, but there's still stoppage in that five minutes. Yeah, of course. So you have to consider that the ref isn't going to just cut it off at five. No, it's not five minutes. Because every single time the ball goes out, yeah. you're talking a couple seconds. And, yeah. again, that's what you have to consider. Yeah. And I, I think it adds to the excitement of the game. Of course it does. Because you does. don't necessarily know. Yeah. And to expand, to move off an of AMR and expand on David Sterling's point, um, how is this? I think, you know, there's been many people that have said, you know, is this the best World Cup ever? Um, in my opinion, I say yes for a few reasons. Number one, there's been some massive upsets, whether it be the group stage in Germany not making it through, or even the knockout stage in Spain losing to Russia, you know, and Brazil losing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all, so the upsets are one thing. You know, number two, the USA is not in it, which as a USA soccer fan, that's a huge disappointment for me. Yeah. But as now... A fan of soccer, I'm still so invested in this World Cup, and it, it actually takes out a little bit of stress yeah. not having that week or game or day or match where I'm so worried about the USA advancing. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, finally, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the late goals, the added time goals, they've just been excited and exciting. And um, not, you know, just to highlight that point, and I'll let let you guys take off, but you know, the Russia-Croatia game, you know, mm-hmm. in the quarterfinal. Croatia mm-hmm. beating Russia, yep. advancing, knocking out the home country, but that game was just 
when, I, when going into that game, I didn't think it was even going to be a game. I thought Croatia no. would take care of business. Um, but what did you get out of that game? You got you know a two-two game. Um, base. You had the first extra time goal of the tournament. Yep. And then you had the first extra time tying goal since yep. 1994. Yep. Okay. And that I, I mean that just boils down I think in a capsule of what has made this tournament so good and it's been a great World Cup. So yeah, I agree. I, well, I agree with the people you know in the media who have said it. Is this birth, best it's, World Cup ever? I think so. It's been great in in that Russia Croatian game, like you said, Dave. Um, that showed me how great World Cup games can be because you got a team like Russia who nobody predicted, certainly, I mean, nobody predicted they were going to go anywhere. No, in fact, I think some, somebody I think, I think, predicted they weren't even getting out of the group. I think we predicted we all, them out of the group or at least yeah, the majority of I think of us, we all but, sat here. But that was before knowing, I didn't realize how low Russia was ranked in the FIFA rankings. Right. I yeah. just didn't, but... I just picked them to move on because you had like a Saudi Arabia and uh, right. But remember now, I don't know if you guys remember this. I think it was '94 when we had the World Cup here. The United States were not supposed to advance past the group. I don't think. Right. And they did. Right. It was the power of the home country. And Germany, I could understand, or not Germany, sorry, Russia. I can understand them advancing past the group. Nobody thought they would, but I can understand if they did. But getting to what, where they got to face Croatia with a chance to go to the Final Four, that's huge for them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a, it's a big thing. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories going, well, you know, Russian, they're in Russia, so there's payoffs to the guys and all this other shit. Putin is, like, uh, right. calling the shots, you know. Which, I mean, could potentially uh, be Potentially. Accurate. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is, I, it made for a great game. Yeah. Um... This World Cup, to me, has been a very exciting World Cup. Uh, I, I can't remember one that's been, in my lifetime, more exciting than this one. Except for the Italy win in, and, and penalty kicks um, back in, what was it, 2006? I think you're right. Yeah, six, two, six, yeah. That's exciting for me because Italy won. Uh, but... I haven't seen and I, 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 these next three games, guys. I'm hoping these next three games come down. Third place game. A third place game, yeah. You got tickets to the third place game? I, I just remember, <laughs> you know, I remember all throughout this World Cup, even the group stage, like, I, like I'm mm-hmm. getting nervous watching these games. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous. Like, mm-hmm. and that just brings me back to 2014 and 2010 when the USA was playing. Mm-hmm. Just how much. I'm getting nervous for teams. I'm a neutral supporter here, right. technically, in this World Cup. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting nervous for certain teams in certain positions. And it just brings me back to the 14 and 10 where, man, the nerves on those USA games, you know, especially when they advanced out of the group yeah, into yeah. that knockout stage, the mm-hmm. nerves on those games. And, and I guess I do miss that. But that's why I said, you know, part of the reason this adds to maybe the best World Cup ever is because, I, honestly, I don't have that stress. I can no, just sit back you can and watch enjoy it. it. And I think, and I, I don't know, I, I think uh, there's a part of this country in the United States who watches the World Cup like three of us do, uh, like our friend Johnny does. Uh, Nels, I know he watches some of it. Um, there's, there's some of us who are soccer fans who watch it. Uh, but there's also a big contingent of people in the United States who don't give a shit this year because the United States is in it. 
Yeah. And I will say this. If they do not make it four years from now, we've got a huge problem in this country in terms of soccer. Oh, well, yeah. Because we should have made it this year. We should have made it this year. Um, it is what it now, is. Now, I have a question for you, Sterling. I don't know if you know the answer to this. So, in eight years, we are going to be the hosts, right. along with Canada and Mexico. The host team gets an entry, right? Correct. So, who's getting the Canada, so, Mexico, or who's get, are they getting three entries? Technically, it's supposed to be all three. Really? However, and it... In the so in the past, mm-hmm. co-hosts have gone in, but I don't yeah. think there's ever been three. Three, okay. So they're talking about trying to figure out what's going to happen. We're talking about like a sudden death, like three on. Maybe oh, they don't oh. even. Whoa, whoa, guys! Look, whoa, yeah, whoa, I, think, whoa, I, I don't think there's going to be as much of a controversy going into. 2026, just because there's th- that for that tournament, there'll be 48 qualified. Right. Teams. Yeah, you're right. right. Tournament. But I was thinking, guys, I was thinking, that's great. So, so we have three teams. So we have three teams, right? They're hosting, right? We could do a three on three, like soccer match, right? So we'd have we'd have three different goals, right? And you could okay. score on any goal you wanted to. At the same time. Okay. Yeah, they'd be all in the same field. We make a new stadium. There's a three on. So it'd be three. like a triangle. Yeah, it'd be like a triangle. We get a four team in. We get a four team in there. We'll get Cuba. <laughs> Cuba get in there. We get a four team. Because they have, you know, they have the um, Dave and Buster's, my favorite place to play games. They have the uh, four, four on, uh, four, uh, the, the uh, what do you call it? Air hockey. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's a cross and a cross. So you just play yeah. it. We'll make it four, four goals, and we'll, it, whoever scores the most goals wins. Tony, I think you're onto something. I think that'll probably yeah. happen, actually. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's been announced, but I think, yeah, you I might, think so. I, I think yeah. you're right. It's a crazy idea, but I think it might work. I think you're right. We should make it even better and make it so it's the training staff that has to play, not the players. Oh, dude, a bunch of old guys? So the training staff and the man and the coach have to do it. Dude, stuff. no, we'd have deaths. We'd have guys <laughs> pay. I'm serious. <laughs> right. We'd have oxygen tanks on the field. Man, we'd be terrible. Yeah, Could you imagine the yeah. old guys playing soccer? But yeah. Well, have you ever watched some of those Legends games? Yeah, but still, it's, I think those are kind of cool. Chelsea had a Legends game mm. against mm. who was it? Inter. Speaking of Legends, side side note to this whole thing: Adrian Heath played for what team in England? Everton. Okay, I found his. I found his. Uh, Soccer card online. The only soccer card he has. It's going for two dollars and fifty cents. Nice. Should I buy it? Totally. Because he, he has nice hair. His hair is hilarious. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I saw mm-hmm. an article last week. Yeah. Um, a picture of him. It's like you yeah. can tell it's eighty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like up. I can't believe he played soccer professionally. Yeah. Well. Oh, he's, he's a short he's, guy. He's, uh, yeah. That's why he's called Inchy. Yeah, but it, like you look at the soccer card and you're like, but I guess it was the eighties. So I mean, yeah. yeah um, if that's the case, you should you should buy that card. Should I buy that and card? Then I'll probably pay double for it because like yeah. I don't I don't think I've made this point on the podcast before. Everton is, yeah. is my team, and yeah. the reason being, Everton is the only English Premier League stadium that I've been to to watch a match. Everton versus Chelsea, and uh, the reason I got into Everton, the reason. That I chose Everton is because first of all English Premier League that would mm-hmm. be my league, and then at the time that I was getting into Everton and went to that match, 
I had Tim Howard and Landon Don and yeah, yeah, both yeah, playing yeah. for that team, and yeah. that's how I chose Everton yeah. as my team. Yeah, it's Everton. It's it, when I, I can't believe you've not been the more I matches know. in England. I know that's you go that's there like fault. how often yep. you go there? And you go there like once a year, yeah. don't you? Not not anymore. I well, go you there used to, but I used to go there at least once a year. Yeah. yeah. No, I yep. That I didn't. I went to that game in uh, 2011 or 12. And well, you've yeah, been my biggest regret now after that was not going to more. Yeah. Well, let me let me go back here. Dave Stevens. A uh, friend of mine for 20 years since high school. He's a chemical engineer. And the company he worked for, he's traveled all around the world. And I can't believe all the places you've been. I mean, you've been freaking everywhere. I've been to Canada and Mexico. Um, but you've only you've seen a game in Everton. Yep. You've seen games Liverpool. anywhere else? No, no, I haven't. Germany? Nope. Ireland? Nowhere else? No. At what point in, in your career do you, do you do you think, well, next time I go somewhere, like you're going to Argentina in a couple weeks. Yeah. Are they the soccer league down there? Actually, yeah. I mean, that's always, it's, it's always been on my mind. I don't know that it'll be going on, you know, in late say, August. I'm not sure. When do they schedule, play? Normal schedule? I don't yeah, think they may not have started yeah. up. But honestly, every, everywhere I've gone. Since, you should. Uh, and it's not just soccer. It's been, you know, just, oh, I'll get off this soon. But the traveling thing is, like, my last couple trips... Uh, like to Australia, for example. And yeah. it wasn't, I mean, the soccer leagues weren't as, I think it might have been a time frame, but it was more about, at that time, it was more about rugby. And I, like, I'm yeah. not, I can't call myself a rugby fan, yeah. but I've been, I, I've since when I've been to rugby, professional rugby matches in, in Northern Ireland and, yeah. and, and Ireland as well, Dublin and Belfast. And so I guess, so I have done that at least. I've broadened my horizons to sport um, outside of this country. Which so you're going to be you're going to be gone for three weeks in Argentina, yeah. starting in what August? Uh, mid to late August. Yeah. Did you ask for that time off from this podcast or no? No, I haven't yet. I was oh, yeah. hoping not to. We, touch we don't it. we don't provide benefits. And yeah, that's why I think I might have mentioned it. I'm a little disappointed the Argentines made such an early exit because. Yeah. They're going to be pissed off. I think they still will. Their only saving grace was Brazil lost as well. So maybe they'll be okay by the time. You shouldn't wear any type of jerseys that, uh, who they lose to? Um, oh, boy. Let's who did you lose to? Uh, Uruguay? No. Yeah. Uruguay? France. Uruguay, France. No, yeah, they lost to France. Well, you, Which, shouldn't wear, you shouldn't wear a French jersey. Though. All right. Don't do that. I won't. Um, so you're gonna call in, are you going to call into the podcast when you're out there? Yeah, I'll try to, yeah. God, we could have somebody calling in from Argentina. We could. That makes it better than... And it's the... Is it same time zone or just... It's yeah. a couple hours off. I think it might be like the Atlantic time zone. So it'd be well, two hours ahead yeah. at the most. That's better than me calling in from Wisconsin Dells. You think of well, South America, you think they're straight south, but you look on a globe, they're actually a yeah. little bit yeah. east. But yeah. anyways, back to soccer. Um, and I want... One thing... Go ahead. No. Go one ahead. thing I want to ahead. touch on was the, the 48 teams... Mm-hmm. In the 2026 World Cup, like, mm-hmm. I, doesn't that? Are you a little concerned that it kind of dilutes it? I mean, aren't we? Don't we have the right amount so, of teams? I no. do kind of think it dilutes. Yeah. It because yeah. look at this World Cup and some of the atrocious talent. Yeah. That's yeah. been in this World Cup. But think about. I mean. I just imagine how these federations are going to expand even more. Look, how many teams is Oceania going to get in? Well, like three now? 
I, maybe they're not going to get any. I, I don't. <laughs> but, think, I'm, but I'm saying, if you, you get to 48, you don't have yeah. to look any further than Concacaf, in my opinion. Yeah. Do we really need more than what do we have? Three and a half. half technically? Three and a half. Yeah. I mean, if, we're, 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 if we get one more team, isn't that one too many? I don't. Maybe not. But. You know. Uh, so you would think Panama would probably be that added team. Yeah, because they made it this year mm-hmm. at the our expense. Um, they're usually well, Honduras, I guess, is also pretty. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't imagine. I mean, Panama looked like shit, but and I can't imagine Honduras. Obviously, they've been in it before, but yeah, maybe. Do not. we know the, Do we know how many teams are going to end from which? Uh, federations. I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think we're getting four and a half now instead. Okay. Of That's right. How many is so, Europe getting though? Oh, I'm sure like ten because. It's so terrible. here's the deal. So you're gonna you're gonna so, have teams like, well, Italy would have been in Maldives. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> San Marino. All right. Yeah. Well, I think. Okay, you hit it. You hit it. Maybe, so maybe it won't be that. I don't think adding another team or two from Europe, say this this cycle. 2018. I don't. I don't think that would have been diluting the World Cup. No. But I think if you added another team from Concacaf, other than the United States, of course. No, I'm sorry. Or Oceania. I'm or, sorry. Adding or, a team. Africa. Adding a team from Oceania is that would, bad deal. Yes. I mean, I can't even think of who. Well, you got Australia in Oceania. Okay. Australia, Japan, New Zealand, South Korea. Australia. You said them. Do, you, do the Philippines? Do they have one? They probably. They. I'm sure they. Do. I don't. I don't know. Well, right, maybe you take the good and the bad. You add another quality team that maybe deserves to be in the entire World Cup from Europe. Yeah. UEFA, um, Concacaf might be a stretch. Like I yeah. mentioned before on this podcast, I think we're a little top heavy, but maybe that you know the Honduras, the Panama, mm-hmm. maybe every once in a while they deserve it. But you certainly you take the good with the bad. You add a couple teams that maybe don't deserve to be in the World Cup, but you take a couple teams that maybe do. So of the added teams, you get about half that field that should be there and maybe half the field that don't. So maybe you aren't diluting it. Maybe you're just making the tournament bigger, more games, more money. You hope so. Right. The problem with making a tournament bigger, though, is the fact that you can't have more shitty teams in there. And, and people are going to start calling, well, this is a money grab. That's what it is. Well, it's a it money is. grab. Of course it is. But you know? what I'm, the counterpoint would be, well, you are adding a few extra teams that maybe yeah. should be yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, looking at the member nations of Oceania. Yeah, it's it's like, incredible. You're talking American Samoa. Yeah. Cook Islands. Yeah, they have uh, a team. Fiji. Fiji has a team. Uh, apparently. Okay. Um. New Caledonia. Well, hold on. I a don't second. even know. But, I didn't even know that was a country. But the fact is, they're getting three people in. They're getting in Japan. South Korea and Australia or New Zealand. That's that's what that's it. That's it. There's nobody else getting in there. Right. But even then, I mean, you're getting the Socceroos in there. I mean, seriously, my. Well, I don't know, Tim Cahill uh, for us. Tim Cahill's uh, probably gonna retire uh, in the next eight years. I would my geography is getting tested because yeah. I can't believe some of those countries. And you go to Europe. You're gonna, what are you gonna put like? Sam, right? You gonna put Vatican City in there? Is Pope gonna play? Well, you know, you've got Gibraltar. They've got a team. Gibraltar has a team. Yeah. Well, are you serious? No, that, to, to my point, Europe. Jeez. Take Europe. Team. Take Europe. Like this year, I would have loved to see Italy and Netherlands in the well, tournament. Well, I year. I would love to see Italy too. But, but the fact is, they didn't make it. Right. And they that's, didn't make it. And that's and there's a reason why they didn't make it. Correct. But 
you know, maybe with a bigger tournament, those teams actually would have a chance uh, to advance. You know, because they're unless Italy can teams. turn their flipping leagues around, that they're they, they suck. They're so much corruption and shit. I don't even want to talk about Italy's <laughs> leagues right now. It's stupid. I. I almost have to cheer more for America next World Cup of Italy was in it because I can't stand the Italian. I mean, we talk about we talk about the American flipping World Cup teams and what's going on. Italy's so screwed up. You got young guys, you got old guys. Yeah, it's they're they're probably in in store for a Spain Germany rebuild. They have to. Yeah. They have to, um, which sucks. All right, guys. Well, I think we've talked about the World Cup uh, enough. Dave certainly has to take a nap because he's hungover. It's okay, though. Next time, next podcast, you're going to drink twice as much as you usually drink, right? Okay. Next podcast, actually, it's funny. I'm going to bring this up. Next podcast, I will be uh, sans family because my family is going to Iowa. And I will not be joining them. Just me, me and my dog, Draco. Um, so we can have a podcast wherever we want. Uh, I was thinking, well, well, we'll talk about it. But Invictus was a pretty cool place. We could go to um, some other places we might think about. What else is there? Uh, by next, you know, next podcast, we'll have a World Cup champion. Uh, hopefully yeah. it's England. Uh, we'll also be two weeks into the transfer window. Yes, and that's a big. That's a, we'll probably have some guys to talk about for the United. Um, guys, either we get or guys that we should look at getting. Yeah. Um, I did see some Facebook posts yesterday from a couple of United uh, fan pages saying there's a couple of strikers that they thought about getting. I don't know if strikers are. are do we need strikers? I don't think so. Um, I think we need midfield help, but. That's just me. Well, uh, we actually need some wingers. Yeah, wingers, <laughs> strikers we don't need. Um, other than that, guys, uh, that's about it for here. Um, for uh, Dave Stevens, Dave Sterling, I'm Tony Pervenanzi. Thanks for listening to the Lunacy Podcast, and we will talk to you guys in two weeks. to Sprint and get our best unlimited deal ever. Four lines of unlimited for just $100 a month. Plus, we're including four amazing iPhone 11s on us when you trade an iPhone 6s or newer in any condition. Visit Sprint.com, call 800-SPRINT-1 or come see us in our stores. Phone after twenty nine seventeen per month credit for 18 months credit. Apply within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Requires new account. Unlimited basic after seven thirty one twenty one. Pay $35 per month per line with auto pay. Data prioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available ever. Excludes taxi fees and roaming speed. Maximums use rules. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. 
switch to Sprint and get our best unlimited deal ever. Four lines of unlimited for just $100 a month. Plus, we're including four amazing iPhone 11s on us when you trade an iPhone 6s or newer in any condition. Visit Sprint.com, call 800-SPRINT-1, or come see us in our stores. Phone after $29.17 per month credit for 18 months credit. Apply within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Requires new account unlimited basic after seven thirty one twenty one. Pay $35 per month per line with auto pay. Date 80 prioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available. Everywhere excludes taxes, fees, and roaming speed. Maximum use rules. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Thank <laughs> you.